Alright, hello and welcome to the show. I don't really know what the fuck I'm doing, so we'll figure it out together. I mean, I guess you wouldn't really figure it out. I'll figure it out. And I'll let you know. That sounds good to me. So I've just been told after several years that I've got to face a radio. And seeing as how their radio doesn't really, you know, serious radio, like serious XM radio and all that stuff. You know, this is the best thing, best next next closest thing to it. I don't know who the hell these people are that keep telling me this, but, you know, I'm supposed to trust them. And, you know, the family and such. It's like, oh, yeah, you should do a podcast. And a few years ago, I had a plan to do a podcast or something like this with a friend of mine named Kate. My name is Nate, so we're going to name it Nate and Kate Deliberate. And there's just going to be the two of us, and we're going to be talking. And, you know, deliberating between the two of us what exactly we're doing. And, you know, certain topics per episode. And I forget what, what ones we were going to be doing. But it was going to be interesting. It was going to be fun. And then I just, I, neither of us really, it was one of those, it was a bar idea. You know, those ideas that you just sit on the bar stool talking to a friend of yours. And you're just like, oh my God, wouldn't this be great if... And then, like, the next morning when you sober up and you're like, I actually don't know what the hell I'm doing. I wouldn't even know where to start to do that. That sounds really complicated. It'd be a great idea, but I don't feel like putting in the effort. And then, oh, man, I got bills or I got classes because we were in college then. I've got classes and I've got payments and I've got this, that, and and I've got a job. There's no time to do it. So we push that excuse around for a few years until we eventually just said fuck it we're not doing it so and then for this to like for me to name this nate deliberates just sounds lame nate and kate deliberate sounds a lot better so i gotta come up with something else a little funky um yeah there's so many fucking nate the great nate dog all this shit like i've heard that since i was a kid um Oh, thanks a lot, Nate Dog. Whoever you are, I actually haven't really listened to Nate Dog stuff that much, but you know, no time like the present is what they say. But here I am recording this fucking thing. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just we were supposed to. I, had, you know, I, I still have no topics. I have no ideas. So this is just sort of like a test run for this podcast thing. And, you know, this looked like a decent app for me to use. Anchor is what it's called. And I thought, maybe I'll finally give it a shot. If all I have to do is lie down on my couch, put some headphones on with the microphone there, and then just fucking talk. Like, shit. I can do that. I can definitely do that. Um, you know, one of my nephews will come down here because I live with my brother and his two kids. And they'll be like, Nate, who are you talking to? I'd be like, I'm talking to my audience. And then they'll be like, what audience? And I'll probably be saying, uh, you know, audience. My my ex-girlfriend would probably look into this, but you know, she fucking still likes to keep tabs on me. I try not to keep tabs on her because I know I, would, for a fact, would go crazy. <sighs> but that was a terrible relationship to begin with, so... 
I mean, it was my fault. I started it. I shouldn't have been dating somebody else when I wanted to date this, you know, the second person. And the only reason why I was willing to date that second person was because the first person was already married. And we were dating on outside of the marriage. It was an open marriage. And then I was like, well, this isn't going to work. And then some hot young thing with with big eyes and big tits is like walking up, showing interest in me. And I'm like, all right, see you, girl. I'm going to hop on this thing. And that's really like not not a great way to do it. I mean, it didn't, you know, it was very intense and it lasted eight months. And then she didn't want to do it anymore. And I, I, I honestly couldn't blame her. I, I can't, can't blame her for that. Maybe I'll, I'll talk more about that later. But she'd be in my audience. She'd be the one of four people that actually follow it because I don't think anybody, I was just talking to one of my best friends uh, the other day explaining why I ended up in a mental hospital a month ago. And he's, you know, and I said, yeah, I posted something on my Twitter and my, my ex-girlfriend read it and sent it to my dad and then he couldn't get a hold of me because I was on my motorcycle. So then he called the cops. And I was like, well, yeah, I wasn't feeling this suicidal anyways. And my friend, one of my best friends who I've known since high school, goes, you have a Twitter account? And that's like, that was... He knows me that well, and he doesn't even think, he didn't even know that I had a Twitter account, even though I follow him, so I was like, you'd fucking think that he does, that he wouldn't know. But anyways, I'm not here about that. The point is that getting it all together and throwing it into one thing, it's like, you know, I, I got these, so yeah, my, my ex-girlfriend, I'm, I'm all sorts of messed up on trains of thought. My ex-girlfriend looked at my Twitter, and we hadn't been dating. We, we, she left me like a year and a half ago, and one, I'm still fucked up over it, so that's not cool. Two, she's still clearly interested in keeping up with seeing if I'm okay or whatever, which, you know, I've been told is nice. It's like sweet that she's doing that, so I should try to forgive it. And, you know, but I ended up, I mean... I'm in the Baltimore area, and number one mental hospital in the area is Shepherd Pratt. So I ended up in Shepherd Pratt for a week because of this. Well, because I'd been off of my medications for a few days, and not on purpose. The fucking pharmacy was just lagging, or my doctor was lagging, getting the medications to the pharmacy. And I went a little crazy, a little more crazy. My natural crazy without the medications. And posted something fairly suicidal on my Twitter. And then my ex-girlfriend saw it, sent it to my dad. Like I said, he tried to call me. But I was on my motorcycle and wasn't answering any calls. I am not that coordinated. So then, since he couldn't do that, and knowing that I have a history, this, is, this was not going to be my first time in, in Shepherd Pratt. So he knows that I have a history of these things. He contacted the police. Also, a friend of my dad had a son that just died by suicide in the same area that I was riding in. So, you know, there's a little bit of a trigger there. So he calls the police, and then I wait for them because I stopped at to take a piss, and I wait for them, and I go, okay, 
well, I guess I'll just wait here for them. And then I did. I waited at the Wawa. And they showed up and they were like, you know, do you still feel this way? And I said, well, I I didn't really plan on like riding my motorcycle off the bridge. And and I'm also terrified of heights. I wouldn't jump off the bridge. I was just really feeling like not existing. And they were like, yeah, that's good enough. So then they took me to the local hospital. There they asked me the same sort of questions. And I was like, you know, trying to be open and honest. And they were like, so, well, we can do it. A voluntary admission, if you'd like. Or we could do an involuntary admission. And my first thought was, fuck the involuntary. I will... I will do it because if I, if I go involuntary into a mental hospital, they control when I leave, not me. So I was like, yes, please, I'll go voluntary. Check that off. And so the next morning, I was uh, shipped up to Shepherd Pratt. Like I said, I was there for a week. So, you know, I guess that all comes back to... When does it all come back to? What was I talking about? This... Yeah, audience, right. So I think I probably at least, if I put my name on it, would at least have one person in my audience. And, uh, you know, that's really all I need. I don't need a whole lot of other people. So long as... I don't I don't even think I need any audience. I mean, I don't find... This is going to be like a 15-minute thing, whatever. So... <laughs> Just here to dick around and have a little fun. We'll see how it goes. So, I wanted to do this for a while. I've thought about doing it. It's just, oh, what are you going to talk about? What are you going to talk about? Well, I could talk about, and then I go blank. I've got no idea. I can write about a lot of things. I can write. I'm a writer. I'm a poet. I've submitted things. I had a short story published one time, and... I write a lot. I write constantly. I'm trying to go to the University of Baltimore for a creative writing master's degree. And, you know, I, I can write about a lot of these things. It's like I can't sit, lie down here on the couch because I'm lying on the couch and talk about it. At least not without somebody to talk to. So I think that's the next key is to find somebody to talk to. Hmm. Yeah. So we're going to have to figure that out at some point. Even if, I mean, if this even works successfully, who knows? I mean, I'm trying to be a writer. I want to be a writer. But the part of writing in my mind, like, is suicide. You, you got Virginia Woolf, uh, Sylvia Plath. John Berryman, Hemingway, Hunter S. Thompson, to name a few. All phenomenal artists who off themselves. Now, there's also a whole lot of authors who didn't. So I never focused on those. Because, you know, so I'm also a recovering alcoholic. I've been in sober for four years. And throw that on the fucking thing. You know, life ain't perfect just because I stopped drinking. Life gets real 
you know. You can't escape it. The escape used to be, I mean, the bottle. You know, when I got tired of life, it was just, I can't do this anymore. What I need to, you know, I need to drink. I would drink so I wouldn't kill myself. I would drink so I wouldn't crash my car on purpose. I would drink, I mean, maybe on accident, but not on purpose. I would drink so that I could tolerate living. You know, one of the things I hear from other people who are sober is our problem wasn't with drinking. Our problem is is with life without drinking. You know, take alcohol away from a normal person and their life should get better. Take alcohol away from an alcoholic and their life's going to get worse. Because normal people know how to deal with life. And I don't know how to deal with life. I've been drinking since I was 15. And... 14 or 15 until I was 25 and it's just uh, you know a lot of hard things in between a lot of just lack of even consciousness for you know months at a time it feels I look back at my life and I go I have no idea what exactly happened sometimes and a lot of the things from before I got sober, I can measure around how old I was, when I was drinking, what I was drinking, with whom I was drinking. So there's so many different layers to my drinking. And, you know, and I've, and I've, I've tried. I've tried to figure it all out. I've tried to put things together. And this is as good as it gets. You know? But I'll tell you what, putting down the bottle, I've been able to actually live. Which is fucking terrifying. It is the single most terrifying thing. I, like, I've been on the, like, the sky deck of the Sears Tower in Chicago. I've been out on that. Look down 103 stories. Like I said, I'm fucking petrified of heights. But living life is scarier than that. Living life without drinking. I mean, you have to deal with things. Because when you're drinking, if you screw up, you can just drink more and you'll forget about it. And each time you come back into consciousness and you realize all these things that have happened because of you or didn't happen because of you, me, then I realize, you know, when I realize those things, then I just go back to drinking. And it's just this cycle, right, of going around, of drinking, fucking something up, getting, well, not getting sober, but waking up sober, realizing what I'd fucked up, drink, fuck stuff up realize or gets wake up sober realize what i've done drink it's just a cycle so without that you know it's an ongoing cycle throughout throughout 
the 10 years that I was drinking, 10, 11 years. And even at such an early age, I failed, cl- I failed classes in high school because of my drinking. Definitely college. For sure, college. Yeah. It took me almost seven years to get through college. So, without taking a break, without taking any kind of academic breaks, like take a semester off or something. No, I straight through. I just kept failing classes. And, Yeah. But life without drinking is so much harder in terms of like the initial moments of having to deal with something. But then once I pause and I get my head out of my ass, it's got this nice little... Uh, sound and my head comes out my ass when that happens when I hear that pop I can look around knock the shit out of my ears and listen to what's going on and pay attention wipe the shit out my eyes and just look at that look around can't open my mouth because if I open my mouth more shit will just start spewing out of that it's like an endless an endless supply of shit if I open my mouth but if I open my ears and I open my eyes then you know I can do things like ask people for help which I used to think was weak and now I feel that Refusing to ask for help, knowing that I don't know the right answer, is weak. That's when I'm being weak. I'm being strong when I put aside my ego and say to somebody else, Hey, can you help me figure this out? I don't know the answer. Can you help me? That takes strength to do. What does now? Now, if I was to go, I can't do this. Can you do this for me? That's the same thing. Sometimes it depends on what the issue is, obviously, but um, it's the same thing as it was when drinking. It's just avoid my problem, push it off onto somebody else. You know, and that's not what life's supposed to be like now. You know, life is what you make of it, and also the hand that you're dealt. But, you know, it's not so bad. But, um, looks like we are about out of time. Thank you for listening to this stupid, retarded rant of mine. And, um, maybe I'll turn this thing into a series. I don't even know if I could, I don't even know if anybody else would want to listen to this shit. But, you know, I'm trying to make it 20 minutes exactly. So I will talk to you all later. Love you all. Bye-bye.